You're listening to Crunch Time, the hottest young pod in the world of sports. Welcome back to another episode of Crunch Time. I'm Mikey. I'm David. I'm Sam. Today we are joined by Josh from one of our favorite Instagram pages, Red Cup CBB. They're a college basketball account with updates of news and transfers, and they are followed by over 600 college athletes. Josh, welcome to the pod. We are very happy to have you. Happy to be here, man. So today we're going to preview the upcoming NBA draft class. It's going to be fun. Before we begin, we just want to let Josh explain how his account is doing so well. So Josh, if you don't mind, tell us how you started your account and give everyone who's listening some advice about how to grow and run a successful Instagram page. Well, it took me quite a bit to start, actually. I did have like a a page that I did before that was college basketball, and I deleted that one and started over. Didn't really think anything was going to happen. I started off doing some um, follow for follow, which doesn't really work anymore. I think about yeah. 3,000, 4,000, and then stopped doing that. Um, hashtags are huge. You have to use hashtags. Um, really just staying consistent because I see a lot of people with very good edits, very good um, engagement, and then they just kind of get tired of it at like two or 3,000, and they just have so much potential. And if they just stuck with it, they right. would get a post that would just blow up. And you got, what, 14,000 followers? Yep, almost. All right, so let's jump right into it. Let's go. David, take it away with Anthony Edwards. Let's hear it. All right, so I liked shooting guard Anthony Edwards from Georgia a lot. Last season, he averaged 19.1 points a game, 5.2 rebounds a game, and 2.8 assists per game. I really like his style of play. You know, he's a great shooter, but he can also drive really well, a uh, great finisher. I think the Timberwolves would be a good place for him to land, you know, wherever the Wolves get the pick, like one to five around there. I, I like him a lot. I think they're, they're not really deep at the shooting guard position, and I think now with D'Angelo Russell and Cat at center, I think they can be really elite if they have a great playmaker such as Anthony Edwards. Josh, what do you think about this? That's actually that's a great fit for him, seeing as how they lost, um, they lost Wiggins, right? And if he could play with a good point guard like Russell and a big to take away the pressure, I think he could really he could probably start day one there and just really shine in that role. Is he a lock for number one, do you guys think? 100%. I think I think it really depends on which team gets yeah, the number one pick. For sure. With our next player, we have James Wiseman out of Memphis. He only played three games, but he averaged nineteen points, eight rebounds, and three blocks per game. He has maybe the most potential in this entire draft. I'm gonna say the best fit for him is the Warriors. Because the Warriors like to play small ball, but they've never really had a dominant center to add to the mix. I also think if Pacers packaged a deal that sent Miles Turner and maybe their first round pick, that would maybe be a good fit to replace Miles Turner and bring a nice young big man into the mix. I think he'll go one or two and maybe even slide to three if people don't like his attitude. What do you guys think? Yeah, I actually like that. I actually agree with you, Sam. I think the Warriors are a great fit for him. You know, with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson at the at point guards, and then you got Draymond Green and power forward. They can be something special because, as you said, Andrew Bogut and DeMarcus Cousins, they really haven't been an elite center. They haven't had one. And if they can develop James Wiseman, I think he can start day one as well, similar to Anthony Edwards. They can be really elite. And I could see them making postseason and possibly the championship again. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like the Warriors really, they they don't really have much experience of playing in such a talented center. But if they're able to develop Wiseman, they might introduce like a new game that's different than the one that they played like last year and the year before to win championships. So I think it would be a great fit for them. Josh, you have anything to add? I actually think, I think Wiseman is the best player in this draft, even though I only got to see him play a little bit. 
just the way he dominates. Yeah. And really, like you said, the Warriors have not had a dominant center in a while. So with Curry, Thompson, all the veterans there that have been two championships, won championships, they could really bring him up. And I think, I think the attitude would change quickly. And I really think the Warriors is definitely the best fit for him. And if they have him with the number one pick, that's who they should take for sure. I definitely agree that Wiseman's the best player in this draft. He kind of reminds me of Embiid, the way that he could shoot the three ball relatively well for his size. So I think that would be important for the Warriors because they like to shoot the three ball. All right, Mikey, who, who do you have for the next one? Yeah, so the next player we're going to talk about is LaMelo Ball. Um, his brother Lonzo's in the league. Everyone knows him. He, he, we've been waiting for him to get to the NBA soon. Last year, he averaged 17 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game. How do you guys think he's going to do the draft? How early do you think he's going to go? I really think it depends on who, like, the top seven, eight picks. I believe that if the Knicks or the Bulls, especially, they don't really have a dominant point guard, even though the Bulls have Zach Levine, but I'd put him more at a shooting guard position. I think yeah. The Knicks especially. He's a great playmaker, great shooter, fantastic finisher. If he can draft to the best and get, get a couple points, and then Mitch cleaning up the boards for the Knicks, they can be something special to them, too. But I also like the Bulls as well, because if they have Laurie Markin and Healthy, and then they have Zach Levine, those first three, the small forward, shooting guard, and point guard, they'll be so dominant, and I don't know how the league will be able to handle them. Well, Laurie Markkinen is apparently going to get traded, so I don't know if they're looking to rebuild or they're looking to win now. I think mm-hmm. it really all depends if Markkinen is gone, because they could definitely pick up a couple first-rounders for him. He's very talented. He could definitely shoot the three ball as well, if not better than any other big in the entire NBA. So I think the Bulls need someone to pair next to Levine if they're really looking to win now. Um, honestly, he's one of the most not I'm not to say unique player, but just one of the most unique stories we've seen in a while because he got so famous at a young age. I think he knows how to handle the fame. I want to say take a gamble on saying that. So I think definitely he would be a good fit. The Bulls to grow up with um Levine or really I think the Knicks. That sounds like the most Knicks thing to do in my opinion is to draft a yeah. guy that'll put sell tickets really. Yeah, and like you said, he's gonna handle the pressure well. Like we saw he scored ninety two in one of right. his high school games. He's already used to all the fame and I think playing at MSG um in New York, one of the best cities in the world, I really don't think it's gonna be too much of a problem for him. Obviously he's gonna have to live up to all the hype, but I think he's gonna be able to do it. So I'm excited. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah and especially with no star there already, he can definitely take on the spotlight and he'll be dominant when he needs to be. Yeah. I also I think him and Mitchell Robinson, that could be a very nice yeah, partnership. Yeah. Yeah, if they can slide RJ to the shooting guard position. They uh, yeah, can... I really like that. That would be yeah. All right, Cole Anthony out of UNC, 18.5 points per game, 5.1 rebounds per game, and 4.8 assists. He didn't really play that as well as expected for UNC as they won their lowest amount of games in a couple of decades. Some good fits for him, in my opinion, are the Suns, the Knicks, if they don't get to draft LaMelo Ball and the Bulls. All in need of a good point guard. The Suns have Ricky Rubio, but he's definitely aging, and he's kind of moving out of his prime. I think he'll go anywhere from 6 to 12. His draft stock is definitely lowered, so whatever teams end up getting those picks should definitely look into drafting Cole. I personally don't love his transition to the NBA. I think he'll have a difficult time. He's pretty small, and he has an injury history, and he's not very versatile. He can't guard that many positions which is definitely important in today's modern game. 
But I think if he works on his consistency, he could definitely be a nice addition to any of these teams. Josh, what do well, you think? Well, uh, the thing about the Suns for me is I really like Ricky Rubio. No matter what age he is, he's a great passer. He'll help set up Devin Booker. And I think if Cole Anthony, who's a great scorer, not a fantastic pa- like passer, personally, I believe, I think if him and um, Devin Booker are not fighting over the ball but want to both have the ball in their hands in big moments, that's going to be a problem for them. So I don't know if the Suns are a great fit for him, but yeah. I, I do think they'll need a point guard eventually. But I actually like Ricky Rubio right now for them. They just need John in to stay healthy, I believe. Because they have a solid roster, honestly. But the thing is, Ricky Rubio is getting older, so do you think the Suns, since they have Aiton, um, Booker, they're still young? But I don't I believe that Cole Anthony is the right point guard for them. I think well, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I actually agree because they have Ubre and Booker. They're all not really pass first guards per se. So I think Lamelo Ball, he's actually a very good passer, pretty yeah. underrated. Not many people realize that. So I think that might be a better fit. And if they're looking lower down in the draft, maybe Dotson uh, could be a good fit for them. And I, that's just my opinion. But I think maybe if they're looking to score, they get they don't score as many points as they should. So maybe Cassius Winston could be a good option if they're looking for a guard who can score and come off the bench and give them some high-quality minutes. Maybe that could be an option lower down in the draft. I think, like you guys mentioned, Cassius Winston and Dotson earlier, I think Cole Anthony in the NBA has just as much potential as either of those guys. I think I don't really like his NBA transition, but I will say from what I saw him at UNC, he's – the thing that will help him is his competitiveness, and he's a winner. Like, he it killed him trying to – he was trying to do everything late in those games to win the game, and he killed him to watch them lose. So, I think he'll work hard. Yeah. I think he'll be a good six-man, like a Lou Will type guy. All right, let's move on to Obi Toppin, power forward from Dayton. Last season, he averaged 20 points a game, 7.5 rebounds per game, and 2.2 assists per game. I think personally a great fit for him would be either the Timberwolves, the Hawks, who even though have John Collins, I think they can slide Obi Toppin to small forward. Which, or the Warriors, actually. Because I actually think the Warriors would be a great fit for him because he reminds me a lot of LeBron James. I'm not going to say – I'm not going to try to compare him to LeBron. But if they can end up sliding Obi Toppin, the Warriors, to small forward, then they'll have Clay Thompson. They can have Steph Curry, and then they'll have Draymond Green as well. So I think that that can be really special if they don't draft James Wiseman. Yeah, I agree. I like his game. He's pretty versatile, but I don't like the fact that he's 21 or 22, however old he is, because that's maybe not as much potential as some of the other guys. They have a couple years to develop physically to the same level as him, so it should be interesting how he develops with time. Josh, you think the Warriors would be a good fit for I him? think the Warriors would be a great fit for Obi Toppin. Like you said, he reminds me a lot of LeBron just watching him play. I would compare him to, like, last year. I think he's a little bit of a more athletic version of, like, DeAndre Hunter. I think he can come in and score maybe 18, 19 a game, and he can defend really well. I'm pretty high on Obi Toppin. Yeah, definitely. And he, like, he almost came out of nowhere. I mean, right. before this season, everyone really know his name. Is that? I mean, he just had a breakout like, year. Like John year. Morant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Josh, where do you think Obi's going to go in the draft? Is it depending on what the order is or – what are your thoughts? I, re- I think it is dependent on where the order is. I think he could go anywhere from, like, 2 to 10, honestly. All right, Mikey, who do you have for the next player? Uh, we got Onyeka Okongwu from USC. He's a power forward. 16.2 points per game, 
8.6 rebounds per game, 2.7 blocks per game. Um, I like him a lot. I've had a great season at USC. I think he can go from maybe the fifth pick to the ninth pick. That might be a little bit too high for some people, but it has a lot of potential. What do you guys think? No, I actually, I actually like the projected pick uh, that you said because I feel like there are so many teams that are in dire need of a, a good power forward, like the Hornets especially, the Wolves, and actually it's said the Spurs because Marcus Aldridge is getting old, and Onyeka Okungwu is so athletic at power forward or center position. So if he can develop for whatever team he goes to, he can be dominant, and I think he can play either power forward or center. Onyeko Kungu, he very, he reminds me of Jaron Jackson or Miles Bridges. Very versatile players who have made a nice entry into the NBA. Can guard a power forward at six foot nine, but then can also guard a bigger center at seven one, maybe seven two. So I could see a team like the Hornets really using him to pair next to Bridges, but we'll see how it turns out. I think his draft stock is definitely on the rise. Josh, what I think? really like Anyeka Okongwu because he, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he was on that Chino Hills team with the Ball Brothers. He was that like fourth piece. He was, he was pretty dominant on that team, and he knows how to handle playing with stars. So I think somewhere, honestly, I don't know if they're going to draft him, but I think he could be a good fit for the Warriors, maybe be a, either move him center for small ball or play him at, help him learn under Draymond Green, but he knows how to play oh, wow. with stars, and I really like his game. He's dominant. Do you think he has a chance to go that early in the draft? See, I don't, I don't know, but I think this draft class is definitely one of the most, like, variable. Nobody's really, like, decided on who the top eight picks are going to be. Yeah. Because, like, I last year we all knew – Right, we knew the top Josh. three easily. Yeah. This year it's, like, it all depends on the – yeah, it all depends on the team that get the first three, first five picks, honestly. Yeah. And do you think right, that so- if the season comes back, and with the draft staying on June 25th, do you think if the playoffs are later in the summer, do you think the draft picks are going to be allowed to play? Uh, or do I, don't, do I don't think they would I do first, that. I, yeah, I agree, because I don't, I don't even know if the season – they may just cancel it at this point. It's getting a little late. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of unfair if you have players who are supposed to play the next season playing this season. So I don't, I don't think they'll yeah. do that. Because it could turn around a whole team's season. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. All right, um, Josh, let's hear your thoughts on the center from Minnesota, Daniel Oturu. What do you think of him? He's he's a beast. He's he's definitely someone to look at. He was the bright spot on that Minnesota team. Um, they weren't really good overall, but they did beat a lot of top teams. And if you look in those matchups, he dominated those games. He led him to those games. So I think somewhere like um, – Charlotte would be good for him. He definitely, if he went there, he would start pretty pretty soon. He's got a good game. He's a big, strong body, and I think I think he could be a star in the league. Definitely all star potential, and he's underrated. I think. I think he's a project though. He's, I don't think he'll be a starter in his first year. I think Marcus Gasol could definitely mentor him, and he could develop some skills. I think Gasol was one of the most skilled big men in the league for a long time. High basketball IQ. I think Otoru would be valuable for uh, him to learn under someone like Gasol. And Nick Nurse is very good at developing talent, as we've seen as he made the transition from the G League to the NBA. So I think either the Raptors and even the Wizards, he could learn and play next to Thomas Bryant, who's definitely emerged as a rising star in the league. And with Wall coming back and Deal. Getting better and better each season, I think that could also. I be like a nice the fit. the Wizards fit. 
Let's jump to one of the most exciting players, Denny Adziza from the NBL. Well, he's a, he's a great shooter. I think that's something about his game that's pretty underrated. He's a great shooter. He's also very athletic, actually. So I think the Pistons, if they can get him, that's a good fit. You know, they don't have they don't have a lot of depth at this small forward position. So if they can get Blake healthy, then I think they'll be. I think they'll actually be pretty solid. I, I don't think they will make the playoffs, but that's a good fit for him. Also, like the Cavaliers, yeah, um, and also like the Hawks as well. I think they don't have a great small forward. They have DeAndre Hunter, but I don't think he's a, a quality starter. Wow. I want I want to bring up a point. I think the Pistons are the most one of the most versatile teams in the NBA. You got Galloway, who plays shooting guard, but can also play the one to the three. You got Christian Wood, who's a very good player. He could play anywhere from the three to the five. You have Derek Rose, who can guard the one to maybe the two. Luke Kennard, very versatile. And Blake Griffin, maybe the most versatile guy in the NBA, maybe along with Simmons and Pascal and Tatum. So I think that would definitely be a good fit. They could add him, maybe not play with the traditional center position, and the same thing with the Cavaliers. I think they're also a very versatile team. I think Sexton is one of my favorite players right now. He's definitely emerging. I think even Chetty Osman and Kevin Porter. Mikey, what do you think? Yeah, I, I got to agree with everything you guys say. The stats speak. Um, I like what you said about the Pistons, Sam. I think that that might be a good fit for him. So he, the future is bright for him. And like you said, I don't think he's going to drop anywhere below seven. Let's move on to center Vernon Carey from Duke. Last season, he averaged 17.8 points a game and 8.8 rebounds a game. I like I like the Wizards as a place for him to land. They're in need of a center as well. And I, as I mentioned before, the Raptors, I like that. And honestly, if the Clippers trade up, possibly they can take him. Montrose Howell is a good center, but he's not the biggest guy. So if they can get a big guy at center, similar to Evita Zubats, that can be good. For them. Well, also, also Montrez Harrell's a free agent. I don't know if everyone realizes yeah. that. And he's definitely looking for more money. The Clippers aren't paying him that much. And he's not exactly the main guy. I think he could move to a team like the Clippers, maybe the Pistons, maybe the Heat, and maybe even the Raptors if he's looking to win now. So I think if Carey might even fall into the late 20s in the draft since of the depth that this draft contains... So I think the Clippers would be a good fit. I think he would split the minutes with Zubac, and I think he would definitely take over as the starting center with time. Josh, what do you think of Vernon? Yeah, Curry? the Clippers for sure is definitely probably the best fit for him. They're not gonna, they're probably not gonna re-sign Harrell because he's gonna want too much money for their cap. And I think, I think Vernon Carey, he's very good. Um, I don't think his ceiling is too high, but I think if you put him on a team with Kawhi and Paul George. He can learn from them and really be what they need him to be. Yeah, I agree. That's a good. I think he's never going to be the star, but he'll definitely be like a five to six to seven guy, and he could definitely be a contributor if they're looking to win the championship. To be honest, he could even like bust into the starting lineup. Possibly, he's got to prove himself. Really good. Our next player is Devon Dotson out of Kansas. He averaged 18 points per game, four rebounds, and four assists. I think he'll go anywhere from 30 to 40. Maybe a little higher, but I don't see him going any higher than 30, to be honest. I think the best fits for him are the Lakers and the Bulls. If the Bulls decide to get like a small forward, then they could definitely get Devon Dotson a little later. But actually, I think the best fit for him would be the Lakers because Rajon Rondo is getting a little old, and they don't really have a true point guard right now. So I, And they've, it's been rumored that they're looking 
to acquire one through a trade, and they haven't been able to do that. So I think Devon Dotson sits on the bench for a year or two. He learns under Rondo, and when Rondo's time is up, I think Devon Dotson could really move into the rotation and be a nice contributor for the Lakers. Yeah, I, I like the Lakers a lot, Sam. Uh, similar to Rajon Rondo, even though Devon Dotson's stats don't really show it, he's actually he's a great passer and a great playmaker. So if he can fit with LeBron for a couple of years, and if AD stays, possibly they can be really good. But he's a great he's a great passer, as I said, similar to Rajon Rondo, and I just like that a lot. And I think the Lakers are dying to vote a, a good starting point guard. I think Rondo's good, but he's not where they want him to be. Uh, but if they can acquire a point guard or Devon Dotson, and as you said, ride the bench for a year or two, learning under Rondo, they yeah. can be really Josh, what do you think of Devon team. Dotson? Like I said earlier, I don't think I don't see that much separation in this point guard class. I don't really think there's that much separation between Cole Anthony, Devon Dotson, any of them really. So I think anybody that gets Devon Dotson is getting a really good point guard. I don't think he's going to be a star, but if you pair him with somebody like LeBron, Anthony Davis, he could totally start in that role after Rondo's gone and really kind of like Vernon Carey at his position. Just be a star in his role, and really, that's what they need to win championships, and I don't think he will demand a huge contract either. Yeah, he'd be like the star, but he I just agree. needs to be like a playmaker right. for stars, you know? Well, also the same thing with the Lakers. They have a couple point guards who are all pretty similar. They have Rondo, Avery Bradley, and Quinn Cook, all pretty similar. So I think if the Lakers end up drafting Dotson, he'll spend a lot of games in the G League just Probably. to develop him and maybe rise his competition. But I think once he's ready to perform at the NBA level, I think – and Avery Bradley and Rondo, they're definitely old players. So I think once they're out the door – and I think Quinn Cook's definitely not a long-term kind of guy. They're not really looking to keep him past this season or next season. So I think that's where Dotson could slip in. And once LeBron's falling off a little bit, I think he could definitely help create for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Uh, Sam, do you think that the Lakers need a center, or do you think they can ride with McGee and Howard for a couple more years? No, I definitely think they do need a center, but I don't think it's as bad. Yeah, no, I agree. The point guard, because the point guard's the the general of the court. He's the quarterback of a basketball team. So I think, right, and I think Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, they could definitely put up, like, they could definitely be fine contributors. But I think where they're looking for a center, I think they should definitely look through free agency because every year there are several quality centers who are looking for a transition and it's kind of hard to find a young emerging point guard through free agency. So that's just why I think they should look to get a guard through the draft since this year's draft is definitely deep at the point guard position. I think uh, Xavier Simpson out of Michigan, if they get him undrafted and obviously Dotson could be a nice fit. So I, I just think that those are probably the best fits for him. All right. Mikey, yeah, we have Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State last year. He's a point guard. He averaged 15.2 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, 6.5 assists per game. Like we said, um, the point guards are not, like, too different. So I can see him going from maybe, like, the eighth pick to the 13th pick. Still pretty early. You know, the Knicks might consider him if they fall back in the lottery. So I think he's an overall really talented player. He could add a lot to a team. I don't know if he's ever going to be the star, but he's he can contribute a lot. Yeah, I think he's a great shooter, and he's also a great playmaker. So I think if the Cavaliers get him, they'll they put him in point guard, and they have 
Colin Sexton yeah. and shooting guard. They can be really good two-way uh, uh, guard player. And then I also like the Pistons as well. D-Rose getting a little bit older, and I think if they need someone to develop, I think it's him especially. And yeah. then the Knicks. The Knicks need a point guard. They need a playmaker especially, and if he can fall there, him and Mitchell Robinson and even RJ, they can become a trio and possibly yeah, like a have a yeah. bright future. Definitely. They need a point guard very badly. It doesn't look like they're going to get the trade for um, – Mitchell, like many people said. So I think they should just draft one. That's the best for them. Uh, Josh, what do you think? I definitely think um, Halliburton's the safest point guard pick in this draft. Uh, I'm not really too worried about his injuries because it wasn't that bad. And he's not like a super explosive player either. He's really smart. He has great playmaking abilities. And I think think the um, Knicks, that would probably be their best interest. Y'all are Knicks fans, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I, I think yeah. y'all should yeah. root for Halliburton. I, I like him because he's also, as I mentioned before, he's a great playmaker. And I think Lamelo is also a pretty good playmaker. But I don't personally believe that Colin really think he's the best fit for the Knicks. Knicks I, don't but, know. I was just not happy with the way he performed this year. I expected right. more from him. So, I mean, even with Matt, I don't even know how much I want him. He's not playing in America right now. To be honest, like Tyrese Halliburton, he does seem like a safe pick. The Knicks, when they try to take risks in the draft, it often doesn't work for them, and then they just get stuck. No players, and they're bringing all these veterans. So I think it is a safe pick, and actually, now that you say that, Josh, I might be rooting for Halliburton now. Yeah, I think the Knicks' best bet is actually to trade down as of now, maybe trade a high pick and a young guy like Trier or Knox for maybe a good player from another team, maybe Markinen. Well, yeah, no, but they they have they have some maybe they could add some cash yeah. considerations, but I don't I think Lamelo Ball and Cole Anthony are the biggest boomer bust guys in this draft. I, they have very high ceilings, but also low floors, and the Knicks don't really need someone like that right now. So I think building up some assets for maybe a trade might be the best option right now as they're looking to maybe bring in a star to maybe add to the winning culture as Leon Rose hinted. So I think, yeah, Halliburton could definitely be a good option. Even if the Knicks looked at – like, they have two first-round picks. They have the Clippers pick. So maybe Cassius Winston could be appealing if they decide to go with the two or the three in the first round. But I think the Knicks' biggest need right now is definitely a point guard and maybe some depth to come off the bench. Yeah, I agree with you, Sam. All right, let's move on to our uh, final player. We have Mamadou, Mamadou Diakite from Virginia. He's a forward. Last season, he averaged – 13.7 points a game, 6.8 rebounds a game, and 1.3 blocks a game. I think a really good spot for him to land is the Orlando Magic, the Hawks, or the Suns. I think the Suns need a forward because they have Dario Saric. But I think if they can get Mamadi Diakite, he's a great shot blocker, great defender. So if they can get him and DeAndre Ayton, I like that a lot. And the Hawks are also a good place for him to land, yeah. even though they have John Collins. But I think that's a good spot for him. I don't think he'll get drafted. I, I really doubt it. I think he's a good college player, but makes it to the NBA. I think he's not the most athletic guy. He plays with a ton of heart. I definitely see him going into the G League or maybe overseas for a couple of years, maybe prove himself before NBA teams are willing to take a chance on him. I really think it's going to be difficult for him to break into the NBA like a, a sixth or a seventh man. I, I definitely can't see him being any better than a bench warmer as of now. But he definitely showed a lot of potential. 
he was maybe my favorite college player from the last two years. The way that he always handled himself, he played with great consistency. Him and Kihei Clark emerged as one of the best duos in the nation. I I really like him, but I think he'll be maybe a better fit in maybe Australia, China. That's interesting. Josh, I know you wanted to talk about him. So do you think Sam's disrespecting Diakite? Do you think he'll get drafted? Or what are your thoughts about him as a player? I think he'll either go mid to late 50s or or undrafted. But what I want to say is I think the Suns would probably be a really good fit for him, not only because they need somebody in that power forward role, but he also played with um, Ty Jerome's on that roster. And they were a very good duo at UVA. And what I want to say about Diakite is he declared for the draft last year and went to the combine and everything. The year before that, he really did not shoot the three at all. He's a very good mid-range shooter, one of the best I've seen in a while. But he developed that three at the combine, hit 80 out of 100 threes. And this season, just he shot, I, I don't know what the stat is, but it's probably around 40 41% from three. He's definitely a stretch yeah, four now, and I think his shooting is only going to get better. I think he has a chance to be somebody that can be put in in a bench rotation, maybe a six-man. I think he has great upside and not too much risk. I really like Diakite. He, he, he plays a lot of heart, plays a lot right. of hustle. I think one of, one of the best assets is he's his great rebounding, on and he's a great defender. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So if a team's in need of that, then he's a good fit, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think no. he'll be a starter or even possibly not even make the, as Sam said, G League maybe I for a couple of years, but I think he's got a lot of potential. I actually have another fit for him. I think the Kings, I don't know if a lot of people are thinking that, but they have a decent roster. They have Fox and they have a few other guys. And I think their problem, not everyone on the team is always on the same page. Not everyone plays with the highest motor. So I think that's probably Diakite. That's my favorite thing about him, how he always plays with a high motor. He's always ready to contribute. He perf- he does his role well. He doesn't do he doesn't expect to take the most shots, but he's definitely not expecting nothing. He kind of fits in well. He'll come in maybe as the eighth or ninth man when he's ready to make the league. And also Kyle Guy is also on the Kings. They definitely had nice chemistry at UVA. So maybe that could help Guy feel more comfortable and maybe make it easier for him to make the NBA transition. It's possible, but I don't know if they're going to want to pick him so he could play in the G League with Ty Jerome. I mean, I don't know if that's the goal there. I doubt he gets drafted. I really doubt. I, I, I hope. Yeah, but he can, yeah. Sign, he can sign as a, an undrafted exactly. free He'll agent. He'll definitely be which somewhere, is possible. I think. No, he's definitely going to be playing in the summer league. Yeah, yeah, for happen. sure. I, I don't think, think that's it's going to happen. For him to prove himself, because he could right. play next to NBA caliber guys, and then some also some older veterans who are looking to make a name for themselves. And it's all competitive arena. Uh, there's definitely some media, so some overseas teams can take a look at him if he falls off the roster. So I think that's probably the best opportunity for himself. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean that's very interesting. So that's it for all the players. I just want to ask you one more thing, Josh. Uh, you posted earlier today about Coach Calipari, his words about the ninth and 10th graders. Can you just explain to everyone listening what that was all about and you want to explain the situation, why he's frustrated? So Calipari said something. Obviously, the G League has uh, started doing a program where they're reaching out to a bunch of the top recruits and they're trying to take them they're putting them in the G League and distributing to them to these teams. 
in in order to get ready for the next year's draft instead of going to college. And they're giving them 300,000 to like 500,000 lower ones are about a hundred thousand. And I think, I think it's a good opportunity. And coach Cal was saying um, that he thinks some of these high school guys are going to go there just like kind of lured by the money and they're going to miss. It's different to go to the G league with the expectation of getting drafted the next year versus being able to come up in a college program. Like there's a lot of guys that don't really develop. They're not there yet. And they actually, they need two or three or four years to fully develop. And I think he's saying that a lot of these guys aren't ready for the NBA in a year and they need two or three more and you're not going to get yeah. that. In yeah. The I, no, I, I agree with you on that. I think there's definitely the Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, and Dacia Nick, right. who definitely are NBA ready, but they need a year to adjust to the physicality. I think the programs that are going to be the most hurt are like the mid-major programs, like the team, the conferences that are right outside the Power Five conferences. Because when all these players are declaring for the for the NBA eventually, all the four stars and three stars are going to be signing. Right, exactly. And that that's the problem because then there's going to be no really excellent players left for teams like Wichita State, Cincinnati, and maybe some other teams. So I think that's the biggest problem for college basketball right now. So I think they definitely have to look to make some sort of thing where players are profiting off their likeness. They, and they, yeah, they did but that I today. The, they signed the first set of that bill, passed actually. But that's not really an immediate right, thing. No. That was for 2021. So, but I think the most appealing thing about the G League right now is they're actually offering college scholarships to cash in for whenever the players want. So if Jalen Green's NBA career completely backfires, he still has the option to go to college for free without paying. Exactly. So I think that's definitely intriguing for prospects to know that there's not much risk if they ever want to get a college. So I think the G League's definitely making a nice offer, and I think college basketball's got to figure something out or else the history and the competitiveness is just going to yeah. definitely go away. I think as soon as they saw that, they started yeah. working on those likeness bills. They're like, holy yeah. crap. We'll see how it's going to play out for all the college athletes. Best of luck to all of them, whether they go to the G League or whether they go to college. But that's it for today's episode of Crunch on Josh, thanks for joining us. Make sure to check his page out on Instagram at RedCupCBB. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at CrunchTimePod. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we will see you next episode.